UFOs exist. Yeah. 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 Which it was like, I mean, of course, you know. Well, that's all they can do. I get it. Yeah. I kind of get it with the government not telling yeah. the world about aliens. I don't, and they do. You know, yeah. Because it's like, we know anyway, so. Yeah. But there's also just too yeah. many nut bars out there. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so I really want aliens to exist. And so it's like, you know, who am I to say what's out there? I don't, I don't really would. I mean, I guess you could consider aliens supernatural, but I figure they're like, they're just aliens from another planet. You know, like that's not crazy. Yeah. It seems less crazy to have an alien from another planet, a species from another planet than, um, aliens among us. No, a ghost. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like in my, I don't know. I feel like in my opinion, if a ghost is real, I mean, I, it just seems so. Ghosts just seem. It's not even like the the fact of do they or don't they exist. It's like if they exist, then they're just so lame. You know, like if a ghost is real, okay, like let's just say ghosts are real. Then then ghosts are just like, you know, making floors creak. Like, that's their thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> opening and shutting cupboards. Like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I would I would be so pissed off if I, w- if I got turned into a ghost. And I was like, great, my only ability is to, like, kind of make it cold in one room of the house. You know, like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Keep in mind, those are probably just tropes, you know, where it's like, that's all we, that, that's, that's, they're like stereotypes for ghosts. Yeah, but yeah. then like the there's things that <laughs> yeah, there's things that are true like the cold thing, and then like when the ghosts are orbs, when the ghosts are orbs, I'm like that's a shame. Yeah. Like, oh, there's an orb yeah. in the picture, and I'm like, hmm. cool. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. I guess it's because ma'am, it uh, is ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty. <laughs> I guess it's because ghosts are normally like portrayed. More like an imprint of a person, like a car, like a, like a, you know. Yeah. Like a, like when you sit in a seat and then you leave your butt print on it. That's like yeah. what a ghost is. Like. Yeah. Sp- spiritually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like a PC. So all it can do is like throw dishes. Right. Or make your car smell like farts. <laughs> yes, that was, that was what happened in my car. I yeah. had a ghost. ghost I had fart. a ghost in my car. I had a, I I put uh, shot out a couple ghosts before I came in this room. <laughs> I I had a butt ghost. That's what I'm just gonna say when I start farting. Is that my head? I had a butt ghost. Can we rename the podcast Butt Ghost? I mean, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I mean. I gotta be honest. Who those who aren't listening, you know, the, those we haven't met yet won't won't care. And those who we who are fans, I think they would love it. I think be, I'd be sh- yeah. I think I'd be shocked if one of the people who listen regular listens is like, I would prefer not to name the podcast "But Ghosts." <laughs> but let us know. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hi everybody! Welcome to Bloody Podcast. My name is Maria Felix. I have my co-hosts with he- with me as always, Lori Roggenkamp. Hello. And Kasha Abdumalik. Hello. And um to to wrap out our Hispanic Heritage Month unintentionally, I didn't intend for this, it just worked out this way. We're gonna talk about the colonizers. Oh. Yes, we're going oh. to España. 
you know? Yes. Call it, right. like, that's it. That's like, are you just waiting? Were you waiting for more? Espana no. Yeah, in, we were in for Europe. More. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the way this episode. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like the way this episode is going to go is just going to be you and Cash talking and then ra- randomly throughout the episode I'm just going to go, I'm sorry. And then just... <laughs> no, we're it. not... It's just a case yeah. in Spain. Okay. I'm not trying to single anybody out. Let's not get... Let's not start off on a bad foot. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't worry, all you colonizers. It's safe. It's a big case. <laughs> I love Spain, by the way. I love the España. Yes. My last name is uh, Oviedo. My last name is a city in Spain. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And the university. Ooh. We should go. Yeah, we should go see what that's all about. Yeah. Because, I mean. You should see if you should if you could audit a class. And if they say no, you could be like, uh, my name is Oviedo. So, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. You're like, dude, my family donated so much to this fucking school. Is this technically my school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me run it. Yeah. I'm the dean now. Look at me. I am the dean now. (laughs) (laughs) What's this, eight years later and still laughing? Love it. Uh, Well, it doesn't get old. No. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I could go, I won't go into the detail about why that's still funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, Um, too much, too much. Too many insights. We are, (laughs) we're talking about uh, we're uh, we're going to Madrid, ah, Spain, the city of lights. Yes, <laughs> I think that's Paris. <laughs> I just I mean, went with it. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty, think, pretty sure I, that's Warsaw. What is, I think, yeah, I think technically all cities are cities of lights. I think you—that's a requirement to be a city—is you need lights. Nice. Yeah. nice. There we go. Madrid is one of the fashion capitals of the world. I know that. Ah, uh, yes, fashion. which has nothing to do with this case um (laughs) we're not gonna get into the high world of fashion oh damn it i was ready to play my 90s techno and do my run walk runway walk still do that which i call my run walk (laughs) you can still do that it's pretty much me doing a slow version of running (laughs) that's a catwalk yeah Yeah, i'm trying to stop an imaginary cab Was uh, your cab on Luis Marin Street? Yes, it was. Ah, so is this house we're talking about. <gasps> what else happened? <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the Vallecas case, which is a case that will be familiar to people who are from Spain because they think it's one of the most famous supernatural cases in the country. Ooh. And... That's it. Let's let's get into it. Let's go to commercial. Let's go. We're sorry. We're having a rough one. Oh, baby. Uh, on Luis Marin Street in Madrid, Spain, lived the family Gutierrez Lazaro. In this working class neighborhood, Maximo Gutierrez and his wife Concepcion Lazaro raised their six children in an apartment of a multi-level apartment building. Mm. Our story begins and centers on their teenage daughter, 16-year-old Estefania. Spanish guitar, Spanish guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great, I love, 
any impression that's just you repeating what it is. <laughs> ah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. In yeah. any setting. Like for sketch so many times I'm just like, lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. That's now, yeah. gentlemen, let's get to, to, down to this case, which we're all involved in. <laughs> or I'm like, security guard. That's for acting, though. You're doing yeah. great. <laughs> I'm security guard. Security guard, security guard. Hey, you can't go in that room. <laughs> that's, that's me with celebrity impressions. When I, I, here's my Hillary Clinton. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton. Nice there to meet go. you. That's, that's great. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, Hello. Yeah, you were transported, weren't you? Hello, my name is Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, all right. Now that was that not him? Sense. Okay. Explains why I felt so tired. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> is any of this usable? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, this is gold. Okay, all right. I, I mean, we're sure. leaving, we're leaving it in. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we consider you our close friends for a lot of our listeners, so we will be honest. We're bo- we're all having a rough one. It's been a weird week, and we said our final good night to our buddy, uh, our our do- our best dog buddy, HR. Yeah. Today, so. Um, so enjoy the ebbs and flows. The ebbs and flows. The highs yeah. and lows. Um, the lights and darks. Yeah. Of, uh, you know. And swings and roundabouts. Stop it. All right. Let's and, uh, just get I, back to the story. All right. I go. had ice cream and I'm lactose intolerant. And so she... we're all dealing with things that have been troubling today. <laughs> yeah. We're all dealing with it. Yeah. Estefania was the eldest sister to her five siblings, Ricardo, Maximiliano, Myra, and Myra also seems to go by Marianella. I'm pretty sure that's the same sibling, Mm -hmm. but they protected the name of a few uh, of the other siblings that I I don't have. So of three, uh, was it? Yeah, three siblings. The names are kind of pretty protected. Okay. For some reason. I guess. What so, kind of names did they give them in place, or did they not just give them any names at they all? They seem unimportant to the story. <laughs> like okay. they're just like not mentioned. <laughs> they don't seem to matter. So, Again, we're talking about Stephania, okay? Yeah, okay. Neil, Patra, and Carl. <laughs> Patra. Patra. <laughs> oh, oh man, naming somebody Petra means that they're just gonna have a personality of like it's not Patra, it's Petra. It's That's actually Petra. She. <laughs> Is it P A P A T A R A? Oh, wait, A R A Patara? I no, I. <laughs> wow, we're we're off the deep end here. Patara. Okay, <laughs> so Patara likes kites. That's what I know. Of <laughs> so Myra, I don't. I'm not sure of her age, but we'll see from the story that she's probably around somewhere in like sixth or eighth grade when this story takes place. As the oldest, I guess two unnamed minor, um, two unnamed minors, because we have Estefania, Ricardo, Maximiliano, and Myra. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, as the oldest, Estefania often took on the caretaker role while her parents worked. She took care of her brothers and sisters, helped get them to school, and feed them, and all that stuff. 
and was aware enough to know when times were tough for her parents. She would even skip meals sometimes to ensure that the younger kids had plenty to eat. Aww. But Aww. She was, That's yeah. nice. But besides the occasional hardship, Estefania was your basic teenage girl. She went to Catholic school and had friends and all that jazz. Your basic. Not like in a bad way. I'm just saying like she had like she she had a pretty normal life. Your basic. Yeah. Hey, that's not bad. On that the means, outside. You know. That was a happier yeah. basic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Your basic. On the outside it. You said on the outside it. Whenever somebody says on the outside, I'm always like, that's never a good thing. I don't know. I don't I you know, we'll see because of this is one case in time for this family, and we don't know what happened outside of this. Mm. We don't know exactly. Was her life normal at home, or was it super weird? Um, so, anyway. In the spring of 1990, in late July, Estefania's life completely changed after she brought her newest toy to school. A Ouija board. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm. we all know what a Ouija board is. We're all yes. adults. I've never played with one. I never brought one to school. <laughs> seems I, foolish to me. I mean, that seems like a teenage girl thing to do, for I sure, to so. bring one to school, yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was still bringing stuff to school in my bag. And then, I mean, that's fair, like 12, 13, 14, yeah, that's fair. I was an idiot. I mean, because it's not really like a toy toy. It's a Ouija board. It's like, and she goes to Catholic school. So it's like, it's like pretty badass, I think, for like a 15 year old girl to do that still. I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. I think so. We all love her. (laughs) (laughs) We love what she's doing. (laughs) She's the best. She seems, she seems cool. I I would want to be friends with her. Yeah. Estefania had come to understand that this day, a day after a solar eclipse had been visible in the city of Madrid, held a thinner veil to the other side than any other given day before it. I can only assume that she had read this somewhere because, or like heard it from an old local. I've never heard it in popular lore. And if somebody out there knows if this is like a known fact and like maybe some kind of religion or like i mean practice. this does sound like something i would hear it seems like, like also something girl. that's what i say i question yeah. it because i also think like, like is that just something like that as a teenage girl you just like think is a good idea so you're like this is obviously it yeah. yeah yeah or, or <laughs> exactly like you said you, she heard it from somebody older and she's like you know guys when after this, uh, it's uh, it's uh, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you're popular." <laughs> I guess that's right. I, don't I know. mean, <laughs> I I gotta be honest. I was I wasn't agreeing with you, but then I realized that my best friend in high school sounded exactly like that. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Bree, is that you? That's me, bro. She works. So on this day, in late March, the girls waited in the library of 1990, by the way. Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, wait. I said earlier in late July. So that's a correction. It's actually in March. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 1990, March. 
The girls waited in the library during lunch until everybody went outside so they could play with the Ouija board. Two of Stefania's friends sat with her at the table while her little sister, Myra, watched the door. They didn't have the planchette that normally comes with the Ouija, so they used a glass instead. Alone in the library, the group of girls began their seance. In the middle of it, one of the nuns burst into the room, and upon seeing what they were doing, the teacher grabbed the Ouija board and threw it on the ground and smashed the glass with it. Other accounts say that they freaked out when they saw the teacher and they threw the Ouija board. It doesn't much matter who threw it, I guess. Sounds like a pretty nun move. Yeah, it does. I don't know if they just did that for dramatization in some of the stories or versions about it, but... Mm. Yeah. I'd love to play an angry nun. It's also 1990s, so I wonder, like, aren't the nuns wearing pants by now? <laughs> like, they're not, they're not oh, wearing yeah. the... Probably. I mean, yeah. I'm imagining she came in and just did, like, a straight, like, lift of the leg and, like, drop-kicked it Yeah, that's exactly what she did. For their combat really? boot. I just imagine, for some reason, I imagine Melissa McCarthy. But it could also be <laughs> Leslie Jones. <laughs> Somebody who's... Oh, like a... no! Oh, no. That's my Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> That's oh, a really thought, good one. I, I thought that was your Leslie Jones. <laughs> I can't do Leslie Jones at all. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's the same, as, you know. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, it's close. <laughs> One's a deeper tone. Yeah. What? Yeah. M- M- Leslie Jones is just a deeper M- Melissa McCarthy. I think we're figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> So she yelled at them for their sins, but stopped when a plume of white smoke rose from the broken glass and into Estefania's nose. The mm. nun and the girls both are like all supposedly attest that they all saw the same exact thing. This already sounds like a pretty decent movie. <laughs> like I'm surprised no one's adapted this or anything like that. Yeah. Then we don't know what happened to the rest of the girls. Like, I assume they all got detention. Like, not... Or maybe they were all haunted and all killed themselves and nobody made the connection. That's the, what the movie would be, I think. But Yeah, like, no. for sure. Let's just assume that all her friends got detention. For sure. As yeah. as the thing inside of her is manifesting and changing her, like... They go insane. Yeah. The, yeah. Her friends all... Like, one gets in a car accident and one's just like, I can't fucking take it. Jumps out the roof. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that would be fun. We're writing a movie. Uh, a pretty good one. I mean, I feel like it's existed already, but yes, I get I get the gist. You're out, Lori. It's hard. You're Lori. out. Like it's 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 all a wash. Oh no. <laughs> now now Maria and I are writing this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, once again I talk myself out of a writing deal. All right. <laughs> You're back in. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, great. I'm glad to write. I'm happy to write this movie. So almost immediately after this incident, Estefania's friends and family saw her behavior change. It started with insomnia and nightmares when she was able to sleep. In her nightmares, Estefania said she was walking down a long hallway and shadows surrounded her. Voices called out to her and screamed for her to join them. 
Soon after this, she began going into catatonic states. She would stare at a fixed point for around 15 to 20 minutes, and when she snapped out of it, Estefania would say that she saw the same long hallway full of shadows as in her nightmares. Oof. That's scary. Jeez. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Soon after this, she said that she would hear the voices and see the shadows everywhere she looked. So it just kept getting more and more pre- like prevalent, prominent in her life. Mm. Her parents took her to medical professionals who would run all their tests but found nothing wrong with her. By all accounts, except for the insomnia and the catatonic states and all that stuff, she seemed like a perfectly healthy teenage girl to the doctors. Then, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, like, I do kind of get weirded out by that. Like, when people say, like, oh, for everything, she's a perfectly healthy girl. It's like, well, she's, you know, she's you know, staring blankly into the distance. I don't think that's healthy. Like, right. it's like, I, that's like, I still get weirded out when people say that somebody died of natural causes is like, I mean, anything technically could be considered a natural cause, but like they died of like their heart stopping. Like, you know, like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's stop making it seem like it. Let's stop sugarcoating it. Yeah. And making it seem like there's nothing wrong sort of thing. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I was just like, yeah, that's, it always weirds me out when people are like, well, she's a healthy girl. It's like, okay, well, her brain's deteriorating, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess probably what they did, I mean, I have no idea, but I'm assuming what they started with, what they always started with is like physical, right? So like mm-hmm. organ function, all that stuff. Yeah. I I also love this part of the episode where I accost Maria for something <laughs> she had nothing to do with and has no, <laughs> no connection to. Maria, answer my goddamn questions, all right? <laughs> Welcome to that segment where That's Maria it. answer for other people. Well, Lori, we start with the body and then we move on to the mind. <laughs> That's really funny. I kind I, I hear what you're saying though. It's kind of like yeah. it's just like when they're like, "This guy is a this guy was a homicidal maniac," and they talk to his family and they're like, "He was a straight A student." It's like, yeah, in like the third grade, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like we all were. Okay, well, Stephanie yeah. is 16, so... Yeah, sorry. I'm writing, yeah. I'm drawing parallels. Yeah, I also love when they... I've been watching a lot of court cam, and I love when they're like, and he looks stone-faced in the courtroom, and it's like, yeah, what What do you think he was going to do? Like, the cha yeah. Like, what I'd be you, more yeah. weirded out if he was like, this is a great day, isn't it? I'm getting sentenced to prison for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, do you also want him to like express a range of emotion? Like, what good is that going to do you? You know, I just yeah, I don't yeah. It's <laughs> such a weird, such a weird thing to be mad at somebody about. It's like you know, he killed four people and he had the audacity to come to court and stare at me blankly. Like, okay, all right. Well, I think maybe the murder was the big thing, but all right. You know what else I don't like? All right, <laughs> then. <laughs> Okay. The family began being affected too. <laughs> so glad you cut me off. I was going to say something so stupid. <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry. 
in the apartment. Doors began slamming on their own, and lights would switch on and off in rooms. And even the children, the other kids, would wake up because someone or something would grab their arms and slam them into the wall while they were asleep. Ugh. On one occasion, the dog was slammed into a wall by an unknown force. Yeah, I think it was just the dog. <laughs> That's when... <laughs> Luke, like the dog did to himself? Yeah, I my aunt has a dog, and that dog will like get a running start in the hallway and then just slam itself in into the body first into the wall. And I'm like, what are you doing? I've seen dogs that do that. <laughs> What's the goal that you're trying? Are you trying? Do you, are you trying to escape to the other side? Maybe, maybe they see something we don't. I love it. That's great. <laughs> and they say the family says that at, on another occasion. One of the sisters, probably Myra, I think, uh, was shoved by an unknown force while her dad watched. Get the book out of here. <laughs> it makes you feel like it's the dad. But it's, I don't want to say that. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, like he shoves her out of the way because he's like frustrated or something. He's like, I didn't, honey, I did It was the ghost. That is so funny. Weird, so mm. He's like, why'd you push me? I didn't push you. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> this is the ghost. One time my dad got so mad, he kicked the wall and put a hole in the wall. And he kept trying to pretend like he didn't do it. He was like, I didn't kick the wall. It's like, we heard you. We literally heard you go, I'm so fucking pissed. I'm going to kick this wall. <laughs> He was the world's worst criminal. That's great. He announced it before it happened. Oh, man. Yeah. He should have said it was a ghost. And um, they also started, like, they also started seeing shit. Like, Myra says that she's convinced that she woke up to see Estefania, who she shared the room with. She woke up to see Estefania floating above her bed while she was sleeping. Ooh. Freaky. Mm-hmm. And then... The seizures began for Estefania. Estefan, I think it. I don't know if it's Estefania. I think Estefania makes more sense. Estefania sounds great. Oh, man, I've been butchering it for like half a story. I don't think it's butchering it. You were so close. <laughs> Estefania. 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 I think. I think they go by Stephen now. Anyway, so. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Stop it. Stefan. <laughs> Estefania would foam at the mouth during her seizures, a common symptom of when you have seizures. And um, her body would twitch violently on another common sim- symptom of seizures. And her sister said that her threat, that her head thrashed to left and right. Now, these are all common to when you have a seizure. But in the context of when you hear this story a lot, you'll like try to hear them compare this to an, a being possessed like the, the the normal tropes of being possessed yeah so i think it's very misleading mm-hmm. you know because they're like well she had seizures and this happened with the seizures like no that's what happens when you have a seizure that sounds yeah. like yeah it sounds like that there were that something happened and then everybody started contributing to it and making it bigger than it actually was it's exactly what i think happens in this case yeah okay yeah so when she would return to consciousness, she would again talk about the voices and say that she heard the people screaming, calling out her name, 
and seeing the hallway full of spirits. So this was her rep repetitive hallucination that she was having. Hmm. Or vision. Sure. Depending on which side you're going to take. Um, she saw more doctors and more tests were run and they put her on an anti-convulsion medication that she was to take multiple times per day and or whenever the seizures started. So this one of the one of the main drugs uh, had one of the main drug side effects included hallucinations. So when Stefania said she began seeing monks in black clothing ascending stairs and the bodies of the people that she previously she could just see the shadows of these people. And now she's saying she could see the bodies of these people that were calling to her from before. Um, it, I think it could be that her medication was to blame because it could have amplified whatever she was seeing before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But either way, that doesn't make the visions any less real for her. It sounds a little schizophrenic. Um, yeah. From, from what I know about that. Well, what's um, also crazy, too, is, is like, I just know, like, I know very little about it. So I'm going to talk a lot about it. Um, but it's like when you start telling when you start giving people like symptoms or telling a lot of people will sort of adopt those symptoms. So if you start selling, telling people that they're, you know, possessed by the devil, they'll start adopting like their brain will start mimicking like oh, symptoms yeah. that yeah. they think a person who's uh, upset. Um, possessed by the devil. Yeah. So it's like the brain is so crazy. Like the brain to me is so amazing, is a lot more interesting than anything in the outside world because the brain can mimic, like it'll just start mimicking things that have no bearing on reality. So, yeah, that's what I find. So it could be that she was just like, she kept hearing it. So she just thought, oh, well, this is what, this is what's happening to me. This is what, how I have to act sort of thing. Right. For the family. The bathroom had become the epicenter of paranormal activity throughout the year. Um, they also seemed to use the bathroom for a few different things. Like, they also seemed to use it as an ironing room hmm. for clothes. Hmm. So, I, th I would really, I would assume it was, like, just one of the epicenters of energy, period. It all sounds yeah. like they had one bathroom for eight people. Which fucking sucks. Yeah. In my Jeez, parents in my parents' apartment we had one bathroom for four adults. That place was Times Square. <laughs> it was in Times Square? Yeah. Oh. No. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it looked a lot like it. There were a lot of billboards and a guy dressed up as Elmo who used yeah, to call a lot me of a tourists fuck. Came in. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of toots. Yeah. Toots. <laughs> <laughs> get it? So um, one of the nights uh, where <laughs> Stefania was, you know, just one of, one of these many nights where she was just suffering a lot, um, there's supposedly the story goes that she had been setting up to iron in the bathroom when she says that a shadowy figure of a man appeared and the iron turned itself on. She screamed, causing her mom, Concepcion, to run to her aid. And as soon as her mother entered the bathroom, the door slammed shut behind her. 
the woman screamed for help and tried to pry open the door. And then on the other side of it, Maximo also was trying to pry open the door, but nobody could get the door open. Um, and when he was about to break it down, it opened by itself with ease. That was like, I think that was one of the more menacing That's, things that happened yeah. to Estefania. Mm. That is creepy. Mm-hmm. I will say that is like really creepy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this went on for a year, and Stefania just suffered through all these terrible symptoms and these changes in medication and her visions and ev- and the anxiety that was building up in the family because of everything that was happening for with her. And then, on July 14th, 1991, a little bit less than a year after the whole incident with the Ouija board happened, Stefania told her mother that she knew she was going to die that night. And what was probably a rare and peaceful moment, Estefania was hanging out with her mom. Estefania was hanging out with her mom. And she looked up and told her mother, I will die soon. And her mother told her that she made a joke, like, that's ridiculous. Like, I have to die before you, et cetera, et cetera. And she replied saying, no, that's not true because I won't make it past tonight. Mm. That same night. That's not good. No, it's not a great sign. That same night, Stefania had a particularly violent moment because she had been reported to have been like attacking her siblings once in a while. Like she would like growl at them and launch at them, like you know, try to fight them. Wow. Yeah. But tonight she had a particularly violent moment where she launched at her little sister uh, Myra, and My- Myra managed to sidestep it basically um which is case yet but um then that caused Estefania to fall like hit her head and she started having another seizure and foaming at the mouth before she passed out oh no when she woke up she didn't remember a thing she didn't feel a thing and there's there's like a couple reports that say that after that she went out with her boyfriend, Pablo, and I'm like, there's, okay, I don't think her parents would have been like, yeah, go ahead, go out go out with your boyfriend after having a seizure. That's and dumb. And saying you're going to die tonight. That's more added stuff in from other people. It's craziness. It's craziness. Yeah. 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 That is, yeah, that's you, weird. You know that video of the group of people that are just like, oh, I saw a leprechaun up in the tree. Yeah, he was coming around and hanging out, and it's like it's in like Compton or something like that. <laughs> That's everybody who re- who reported on the story. <laughs> oh man, she went down to the fucking roller disco with her boyfriend. They said they were gonna get some cheese fries, but chili cheese fries was all that was available. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liars. Yeah. <laughs> well, either I think it was more likely what they say is like she had the seizure, and then her parents. Gave her the anti-convulsion medication. And a little while later, she opted to go to bed. But a couple hours later, after everybody else went to bed, Myra, who I mentioned earlier, shared the room with, with Estefania, woke up and switched the light on to find her sister in the middle of another uh, epileptic attack. Mm-hmm. She screamed for the family, who all woke up and came running into the room. And Ricardo says that Stefania was grab kind of grabbing at her at her head, and like as if she was just trying to get, trying to shake something out. Yeah. 
and then her parents rushed her to the hospital. Oof. The doctors tried to save her, and they stopped the convulsions with more medication. But in the late hours of July 14, 1991, Estefania died while sleeping in her hospital room. Hmm. Upon inspecting her body, the doctors determined her death as mysterious lung asphyxiation. Wow. And said it was sudden and suspicious circumstances. Weird. Weird. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. That's also like, again, though, like, you would think the doctor would be like, you know, embolism or something. It's like, why are you being all... (laughs) He doesn't know. know. He's like, well, she asphyxiated. Like, like it would have been something like oxygen was cut off, but he's like, I don't get how. You know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also just guessing. Like you need you need to sometimes the doctor is just giving you the facts, Lori. He doesn't have all the answers. Once again, Lori <laughs> argues with Maria about something Maria doesn't have doesn't, isn't connected to. I doesn't I'm have sorry. a degree in <laughs> like, but behind the scenes the doctor's just like, This is my second day on the job and I have no clue. As to what is happening. <laughs> yeah. Put in the report that she died of asphy- asphyxiation. And also follow it up with three question marks. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, whatever. I don't get paid, are you? Cool. That's, that's, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's not forget, Estefania died. Mm. So the family mourned the death of their eldest daughter. And they thought that the nightmare was over. That whatever had haunted Estefania was gone with her. But that didn't turn out to be the case. A couple of months of peace went by, and then things started up again. There were objects that were moving around on their own again. And on at least one occasion, a glass flew out of a cabinet and almost slammed into one of the brothers' head, missing him by an inch. Even worse... The kids said the mom, like the the mom said, that she could hear a woman screaming from Estefania's room, and a man's menacing laughter around the apartment, and the kids were beginning to see the same shadows on the walls in the hallway that Estefania said followed her everywhere. Hmm. Myra, the little sister, started talking to an imaginary friend at this time, too. Not a good time. <laughs> These are also all signs of stress, too. Yeah. Enough yeah. A ma- manic... Um, I don't know the technical term for it, and my brain is too dead to have looked it up before I did this, but when you when hysteria spreads from one family member to another, like mm-hmm. that's a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even need to be a family member. It's just like hysteria will spread in like a small group of people. Manic transference. Is that what it's called? It sounds like it could be. Again, I am not a doctor. I mean, I've been a doctor for two days. Mass. Mass. Let's see. Let's tell them it's manic transference. Mass psychogenic illness. That's good too. Is Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what I just Googled it. I think, yeah, I think it seems like, or mass hysteria by proxy, basically. Ah, there you go. Boom. Mass hysteria by proxy. That's good, too. Whatever you want, I'm going to be in the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) The eggs are good. I'm getting a tuna melt. Mm. (laughs) 
Con huevos. Sí. <laughs> And then a ghost comes out of my butt. <laughs> By the way, I love your podcast. But <laughs> what was it? Butt ghost. Butt ghost. <laughs> Fantasmas de culo. Oh, Fantasmas de culo. <laughs> Fantasmas del culo. Let us know, guys, who make butt ghost T-shirts. <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest. I, I mean, Butt Ghost is fine, but Fantasmas de Culo is <laughs> Fantasmas a de great Culo name. It's wonderful. It's great. That is a that's a really great name. I mean, I feel like that's what we need to blow up. <laughs> uh, so as there. things, do you, do you want to add some no, more? No, 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 no. So as things got worse, the parents got desperate. And they began to look to seek out uh, like other forms of help. So yeah. they w turned to paranormal investigators. Oh, I'm okay. not sure if I'm sure that the paranormal investigators came. One must have come to them first because the time came to them. And according to um, according to one source, many of these teams are defunct now, which totally makes sense. <laughs> It's not it's not like a, you know, livable wage kind of thing to no. be yeah. a paranormal investigator, I'm no. sure. This is yeah. these, these are uh, two guys who watched Ghostbusters and were like, we should do that for real. Yeah. And this and, was 1980, so Ghostbusters wasn't even there yet. Yeah, it was. Was yeah. it? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, sorry. I'm thinking Ghost Adventures. Or what is it called? Ghost oh, Hunters? Oh, Ghost Hunters. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. These guys were definitely Ghostbusters fans. Yes. Yeah. They were like, but like serious though, dude. Los Ghostbusters? Number uno. Yes. See. I like the black one. <laughs> it's it's basically like improv teams. It's just mostly white men mm -hmm. <laughs> who, who, you know, didn't really talk to women in high school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And wanted to spend a bunch of money on something that's not really going to pay off in the future. I love, I love the idea that back then you're getting all your gear through little penny saver and newspaper ads. Like it's so much different than it is now where you can buy... Most of this paranormal, like, pedometers or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> online. Yeah. You can get them sent to your house in two days. Yeah, but yeah. back then, you had you to, like, go see. meet a guy really in the saver yeah. ad that was like, I have, like, a, I have tool, I have tools. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go to some dude's paranormal. basement or something like that. Do you need tools to hunt ghosts? Like, and it has a little cross, <laughs> all the little, like, windings things that you could get back then. Oh, that's fun. That's real nice. Oh, that's a fun movie. <laughs> that is. When you guys finish the second, for, when we finish the first movie, we'll write that as the second movie. Yeah. We'll do a comedy for the second. It's going to yeah. change It's gonna change horror forever. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I feel like we could sell a bunch of ghost pedometers. I feel like we need to know <laughs> where these ghosts are walking to and how far they're walking. <laughs> pedometers. <laughs> they got to get their steps in. We got to, yeah. I mean, hey, ghosts can, ghosts can get exercise too. Mm -hmm. Who say they can't? Mm -hmm. So, of course, the investigators all confirmed signs of the paranormal. And there was one investigator who was specifically a ghost hunter. That's what he calls himself, named Tristan Bracker. And from what I can understand about Tristan Bracker, it's not his real name. He chose that name. <laughs> Tristan Bracker. 
and it's one word. It's not two. <laughs> one Stop word. it. All right. I know how he chose that name. Ouija board. <laughs> Tristan Bracker. I'm imagining he's just a, a, a Spain version of dog. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty incredible. Um, you can look up his picture. There he is for us. Uh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, he's a he's a poor, he's a fellow. God damn, that's I don't even know how to describe him. He looks like a Stephen King character. Yeah, he does. I'm trying to send it to you, Laurie. He looks, guys. He looks like a car, a, a a bad guy in The Kingsman. How do you spell it? Tristan. And then. <laughs> Um, B-E-R-A-K-E-R. I just sent you a picture. Tristan with an A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not... Yeah, I thought that that was him when I Googled image because I saw the flashlight duct tape to what looks like a broom and a old camera battery. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of his many ghost hunting tools that he's invented. You can also email him for his books. If anybody, so I'm 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 gonna email him for one of his books. Oh yeah, I want to see if he has any books about this case. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway. why not? Yeah, let's have him on as a guest. Oh my god, oh, that'd be great, <laughs> guys. That's uh, you're gonna edit that part out, but this is a great idea. Yeah, let's just talk that to him. Like I'd be slur. interested to figure out, you know. No homo. <laughs> Just to figure out how he, how he did, how he does his stuff. <laughs> did I use that correctly? I never I know how to I use that. that. I don't think you did. I don't, I don't think, think you did at all. <laughs> I feel like no homo is like I'm not lying. But no, I don't know if that's how. It, no, it really it's means. you're not. No. You, it means that you're not trying to be gay with somebody. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. I thought that was like a gay person saying I'm not lying. No, that is a straight person serious? who's yes. somewhat homophobic. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, now I know. No homo, but you have a great haircut today. Yeah, no homo, dude. You been working out or what? Yeah. Oh, see, if you told me that, I would would go like, thank you. Like, I felt like that would be like dead ass. I'd be like, thank you. That's so sweet that you think I have a good, like, you're not lying. No, I know. Like, you're very serious. But, yeah, so, okay. Well, I've definitely used it in the wrong context to a bunch of gay people, which now explains why they were so confused. If a guy does say that to you outside of a 7-Eleven, he's probably saying no homo, though, and he's asking for change. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it, but I just love the confidence that Cash has, where he raises his hand. No home, though. No home, though. No home, though. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Thank you. I needed that. I'm almost about to cry. Thank you. It's such a weird episode. (laughs) Let's keep going. Yeah, Maria, let's keep it moving. Okay. Uh, So Tristan Bracker kept coming back. He came back the most. And uh, he he also tried to identify and drive out the evil entity. I think there's footage of him online doing this. We were watching it right before we started. Um... I'm not sure if it's footage of him doing it for this particular family or if it was for another case, though. But it's uh, pretty intense. He, like, grabs the woman, shakes her face. Oh, oh yeah. I saw, yeah. That was him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it's nothing, uh, you know, a, a Christian preacher isn't doing. Mm-hmm. 
to drive out the spirits. Even though all the paranormal investigators uh, came and went from the house and recognized that there was something there, nothing really seemed to work to drive out whatever it was. Then, on November 1st, 1992, Concepcion and Myra said they were home when a picture of Estefania that was at an altar dedicated to her, it, like a button on a mantle, fell to the ground and spontaneously caught fire. And then when they put it out, only the portion of the photo that had Estefania's face burned. And then we have a, there's a picture that we'll put up of it. So it's not really true. Like you look at the picture and it burned were in the normal pattern. It didn't just burn in the center of just her face. Hmm. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, it's like, yeah, her face is burned, but like, so is the edge of the picture. Right. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you, something catches on fire, a portion of it's going to burn. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, yeah, just, it'd be weirder if the picture was just fully intact. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the scary part, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's why you're on the writing team. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> it's like, like that, Lori. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the one I got. So you're welcome. <laughs> Later that month, on November 19th, um, during what was considered the most chaotic night for the family, the banging in the house wouldn't stop so they were just constantly here banging banging on the walls and what sounded like things dropping and people slamming the walls all over the house and everything was flying around like crazy so if this was a poltergeist this is like i don't know they're throwing a tantrum Mm. Um, and the family had had enough so concepcion who was out of ideas called the police she called them at 2 a.m., and on the recording, she tells the operator that they, quote-unquote, they won't let them leave the house, and that the family is under attack. Hmm. The operator, who doesn't really believe her but doesn't want to leave her alone, patches her over to the police, who verify the story with, with, her, with, uh, with her husband. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, so put your husband on the phone. And her husband tells them the same thing. We're under attack. We seem like it seems like some kind of paranormal phenomena. We, you know, we can't take it anymore. We can't leave the house. Um, we don't know what to do. So then the police, he's like, All right, so who else is in the house who's not a minor? And then they put the eldest son on who's like 17 at this point. And he says the exact same thing. So finally, they call it too. And then they don't send the police, don't arrive till 3 30. Wow. I mean, I know it sounds their their story sounds crazy, but that's a long time. If this were if this were the horror movie Poltergeist, like the family would be dead. Sure. Yeah, of course. You had like four minutes at the end of that movie before the house got swallowed. You know. Ridiculous. <laughs> Insane. When the police get there, the family, all of the family is waiting outside in the rain. So they take note that that's like the first thing they notice. Like, oh, you guys are waiting outside in the rain instead of inside. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Um, I guess you wouldn't do that if you weren't scared. So then, um, they go inside and the family starts explaining the situation to the police officer. They say, you know, our daughter died, uh, two years earlier and, you know, like this and this has been happening, blah, 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 blah. 
So the the entire family is in the living room with the officers when, according to the officers, they witness the door of an armoire in the dining room opening and closing deliberately, loudly, and repeatedly by itself. Hmm. When they showed up, it was... I want to say five officers. The count is vague, but I think it was five. So this was enough. Just this, the door, they just all stood there as this door did this over and over. So this was enough for two of the officers to say that they would rather wait outside and they left. They're just like, we're good. We're not going to do this. Which I love. Like every single time you watch a horror movie, and like something happens or there's like a cop or like somebody has the chance to leave i always look at maria and i'm just like what if they just left yeah we just get to see this one person be like nah nah i I, love that and i love it i love it so much and i love the fact that there's two cops that were just like well i'm done right and the other guy's like no 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 no, 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 i think it, it would be like one of the best comedy gags in a horror movie, if like Cash, you were in a horror film and you were just like, nope. And then from then on, we just saw the juxtaposition of it's a split screen of you going home, getting <laughs> your car, and yeah. just living your life, and everybody else being murdered. There was, yeah. there was, yeah, there was a yeah. sketch I wrote that was just exactly that. <laughs> and then at the end, they don't die, and then they come to my house, and I'm like, did you kill the guy? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then he's like right behind me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. So after this happens, then Concepcion explains that the the phenomena gets more prevalent when the lights are off. And then the cop, uh, specifically, there's one guy who's like kind of like the 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 head cop here. His name is uh, Jose Pedro Negri, so I'm gonna, like Officer Negri, instructed her to turn off the lights. Did you tell her to turn off the lights? Anyway, he's like, I'm a top cop. <laughs> I'm not scared of no ghosts. <laughs> Officer Negri's not scared of nothing. <laughs> turn off the goddamn lights. <laughs> what was that? Some <laughs> moments after they turn off the lights, they hear banging. They hear him banging upstairs in one of the bedrooms. So then they go up to the bedroom, and as the officer stood in the bedroom, a loud crash was heard on the terrace, along with a man screaming. So then the officers move on to investigate there, but found nothing and no one on the balcony. Keystone cops. This is dumb. <laughs> the three officers returned to the living room where the family waited. Here, Negri witnessed a large maroon-colored stain appear and grow on a small tablecloth on the telephone table. He says that the substance appeared to be like slime. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm, yeah. I love, I, I just imagine him trying to get the police officer's attention. Like, you want to look over here? And they're like, uh, what, what are you trying to point out? The carpet? Yeah, the carpet looks great. No, the stain. <laughs> what stain? How can I see you when the lights are off? God, I hate this job. I hate my wife. <laughs> I'm a cop. <laughs> the noises and bangs on the walls continued sporadically. 
and the police continued their investigation throughout the house. By this time, I think the lights are back on. Good. This time, they came to the loudest room, which was Estefania's former room. That's not good if a room is called the loudest room. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, that's not a good room. Yeah. So they're hearing banging on the walls and shit, like, all through the house, but this is where, like, it's coming from the loudest. Oh. Ugh. No. No, sir. I don't I don't be- believe in ghosts, I think. And I still would not go into the loudest. <laughs> there was a bunch of banging, and then it got louder in a room. I'd be like, you guys are good. I'm good. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go. Uh, yeah. I got, I got a... Your officer number two. Yeah, your officer number two. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are going to go. You're going to go get some lunch, some late late dinner. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant I was officer number two because I was scared shitless. (gasps) Oh, but um, Ah, poops. Wow. Now that's risky business. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. So, okay. So when they go in Estefania's room, and I guess the father led them there. The father explains to them that the cross that they saw on the wall, so they go in and there's like a little crucifix on the wall. And they say that one, like the dad gives them this whole spiel about how earlier that day there was a Jesus that was affixed to the cross that was on the wall, but then they witnessed the Jesus fall off the cross and then the son put it up like on another just like took a little Jesus figure after he fell and he put him up next to like another poster on another side of the room but that then it was ripped off by an unknown force and at the same time there were three call marks on the poster by where the Jesus figure had been put the second time so hmm. something kept knocking the Jesus down there's other accounts that say that the officers saw this happen, but that's wrong because the police report says that they heard this story from the dad. And so it's a common misnomer for the story that they're like, the police are like, yeah, we saw this happen. And it's like, no, you didn't, they just, they heard a story from the dad. <laughs> uh, that freaked them out more while they're going to the, the loudest room. Yeah. <laughs> town is just full of like a bunch of my dads <laughs> i saw it happen you did not you weren't there no 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 i was there i, I killed somebody i killed i killed a man <laughs> i wore his skin all right i feel like your dad's stories always end with and if i hadn't done it you wouldn't have been born <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's his fucking trait of logic yeah so uh, after this, they also investigate the bathroom. They hear a bunch of noise in the bathroom. And then they pretty much, they're freaked out. They don't know what to do because they can't find anybody in the house making these noises. So they just call it in to the, like, to the cap. I think the, like, Officer Negri calls the police chief, you know, explains the situation makes his report and then leaves like they're like we can't there's nothing we can do and we gotta go (laughs) so they leave but this marks the first time in spain's history when an official police report acknowledges the existence of something paranormal ah interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. that's cool 
That is cool. That is interesting. Yeah. Following that night, the family took some advice from one of the uh, paranormal investigators that they had met along the way who said if you stop acknowledging the problem, then it will cease to exist when it came to the poltergeist that they thought they now had. And so they tried that. They stopped acknowledging the noises in the house and everything. And eventually, after a few months, since the police visit, the activity seemed to have stopped. Then they moved out a few months later, which it's like, dude, you should have moved out like a long time ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know times are tough. I know, you know, we don't know your situation, but like, you you gotta go. We wanted to find the right house. You know, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I know what they're going through. I mean, <laughs> we're my girlfriend and I are looking for an apartment. It's like, oof. All right, there's not a lot out there. Yeah. So you know, rather be with the ghosts you know than the than an apartment <laughs> with no fridge. That's funny. <laughs> So they say that whatever was in the house did not follow them to their next place. Good. Oh, thank God. But Myra, oh. Myra, the little sister, says she continues to have interactions with the other side. This is as of like 2016. She was like, yeah, I'm still, I still can interact with the other side in certain ways. So the subsequent family, uh, but, uh, sorry. So Everybody else seems to be like, no, that that was it. It was just like one moment in time. <laughs> but I mean, it may it would make sense that Residual would stay with the younger sister. Plus, she was there when the ritual happened. If the ritual happened, right? Yeah, yeah. she's connected to it. Yeah. So the uh, on a side note, the subsequent family who moved into their old apartment said that they did not experience a single supernatural occurrence. I wouldn't have moved in there. Sorry, <laughs> sounded so accusatory. <laughs> You're judging them so hard. I wouldn't have moved in there. He said. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder because nothing like. Well, I guess that something did happen, but I wonder if they had to, like, disclose the ghost stuff. Like, I wonder if you have to disclose, like, if a family says there's ghosts. Because, I mean, technically that's not, like, a thing that's real, but, I mean. I think the family knew about it because it was already a big case after the police report came out like that. Like, oh, I, that's true. So, right. everybody already knew about it. Everybody started to know about it, so, like, you know. You're buying the old Gutierrez ghost house, huh? <laughs> so, uh, and then the story like kept receiving attention for years to come. But then along with that came uh, a debunking of the story. Ooh. And it turns out that Concepcion, the mother, may be to blame for this hoax if indeed it was all a hoax. Fantastic. In an interview in 2016, the two eldest brothers took back everything that they had been affirming up until that point about the haunting. They said that none of it was true, and it was all created by their mom. They said Concepcion made up the story about the Ouija board, and that they now believe they had been part of the mania that overtook the family. 
a trend only taken advantage of by the paranormal investigators that came to the house. Especially, they said, Tristan Bracker. Mm. Importantly, they confirmed what other sources interested in the story had been saying for years. That their mother also had epilepsy and was on the same tramigal medication that Estefania was on that caused hallucinations. A website, a Spanish website focused on the studies of the paranormal claims, mundoparapsicologico.com, claims to have gotten a hold and published one of the psychological and physical reports made on Concepcion during the height of the paranormal investiga investigations. The studies, which the family has acknowledged are real, but say are not officially validated or Ooh. conclusive, Ooh. state a number of interesting observations about Concepcion. These must be taken with a grain of salt, as although the site claims that they had got them from forensic psychological experts, the hard truth is, is that most of the people willing to go examine these paranormal phenomena are hacks. So I don't know if these are real psychologists. And I don't know if these are real webs. Like, there's nothing you can verify, like the family says. Right. So, uh, you know, just a note on that. On top of that, like the website points out, many of these tests only depict how that person is in this particular moment in time. So, you know, you could be completely different the next day hmm. when everyone changes over time. So, the results of the tests included the following personality traits for Concepcion. A markedly dysfunctional, emotional, neurotic personality with anxious tendencies. Prone to violent outbursts. Delirious illusions of grandeur and megalomania. A need for attention. And a tendency towards manic depression. A deeper personality study observed the following. She was a woman of 30 years of age or older who has not matured and has infantile tendencies. She is optimistic but imaginative and tending towards the fantastic. She's self-sufficient and independent, but acknowledges that others depending on her uh, makes her feel useful. And um, it's really all she cares about. Hmm. She has a discreet emotional imbalance. She's introverted, aggressive, and has conflicted emotions. It says... And this is sounds skewed, but it says her pride for being a mother also tends to bolster her aggression as a form of defense for herself and her family. A third study concluded that because she was epileptic and on medication for it, there was a strong possibility that she could suffer a break in reality. That it was likely that her daughter implanted the idea of a poltergeist in the family's head but that Concepcion had continued the situation later on. And she, that she felt a feeling of unfulfillment for, the for her daughter due to promises she didn't keep in her death. 
and they don't go into detail about what these promises are, but there was one report that said that Stefania had mentioned um, to her mom that if she died, she wanted to be buried with a picture of her parents, with a picture of her mom and her dad. Hmm. I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. That seems like a mom saying something. My daughter always said if she died, she wanted to be married with a picture of her mom and her dad with her so she could take them to the afterlife. Mm. <laughs> so I, I don't know if this means that whatever whatever it was though they did get the body exhumed in 1996 oh okay they did and then they they she did something maybe she sought professional therapy and was able to do something I don't know but they mm. did exhume the body and then um, since 1996 then Concepcion has Claim that she's just been much more at ease since whatever she was able to do in 96. So that's good. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's hard. It's a, it's a mysterious case because although now the family has, you know, confirmed that Concepcion had epilepsy, there's still certain things that don't make sense. Like just because that, like just because the two of them had it, there's still like the police report is a big one. And you know, the the brothers tried to debunk it and they were like, Yeah, so the noise on the balcony was me. Like my mom told me to like run upstairs and like throw something, so I did. But the the two brothers deny it. The sister, Marianella, she has she does not deny it. She's still very much like this happened, I was affected by it, I still am affected by it. I had a like a an imaginary friend that I believe now was a ghost for a long time, and she wrote a book about it, um, uh, about like the experience with her sister. So, hmm, weird. the The parents haven't stopped saying like this happened. You can find interviews with them online, um, mostly in Spanish, but they're up they're out there. That's like most of the people are like, you know, this still happened. So it's an interesting case. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Maria. Is that is that the? That's it, pretty much. I was also just gonna say that there's also the argument that people with epilepsy um, have uh, are more prone to experience contact with the other side because they have a thinner veil there. But ooh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I kind of hope it's real, and I kind of hope it's, it isn't, but that's interesting for sure. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, everybody, I hope you had a spooky time <laughs> in España. <laughs> <laughs> My summation. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Sorry for our weird mood. We're not sorry. We're good. We we're doing great. Take that out. Oh, baby. Thank you, Maria, for doing the research, and thank you, Cash, for being here. I know that you guys, you know, had a so I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys being here, and and um yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, have a great uh great week. <laughs> And yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. If you see a ghost, tell him, ask him about butts.
see see what they think about it. <laughs> Fantasmas de culo. Yeah. End the way.